is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally. Episode 4, Season 26. Um, a slightly different one, awkward one. I can't remember the last time this actually happened. So, Ryan Champion is with us on his travels, currently at Goodwood, just arrived. Hello, Ryan Champion. Hello, Tony Simpson. Yeah, literally just pulled up in the uh, in the campsite. Haven't even got my ramps out, haven't even levelled up yet. Okay, all right, mate. Well, we're very aware that's what you want to do. You don't really want to be speaking to us. You've made that perfectly <laughs> clear before we started. Excuse me. And um, a, a, a passing friend of the show um, who's been intermittently with us, um, but he does appear everywhere else, let's be honest with you. Luke Barry of, of various quarters these days. Welcome back to Absolute Rally. Thank you, Tony. Thank you very much. That made me sound a little bit... I don't know what the word is, really. That, I don't know if I can say it on air. But Fa- fast and loose. Sound fast and loose. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one. Um, but no, we try to stay committed. and I'll, I'll drop the brand directors in there. That's the main gig at the minute. So... Um, which it does have some links to what Ryan's up to, which I'm sure you'll get to. Yes, it does. Well, <clears throat> we're very, very conscious. Uh, Ryan Champion and I, I speak to Jeff Mayers a little bit later on the podcast, straight before the driver's briefing on Safari. Obviously, uh, we recorded that yesterday, which would have been Wednesday. Is Wednesday today? No, a, a Tuesday, which was the driver's briefing, which was yesterday. Wednesday today um, is, as we record this, and shakedowns just happened where Calais Robin Perry seems to be uh, seems to be the man comfortably... Um, acclimatised back um, over on Safari anyway. Um, Luke's going to talk to us a little bit about Safari, but we're also going to talk about Donny Gore. But before we get to that, uh, Ryan Champion, you, 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 we can all hear you kerfuffling round. Do you want to tell us what you're doing uh, at Goodwood this week, or do we even need to ask? <laughs> uh, well, either way, yes, I can tell you. Uh, driving a couple of different cars this weekend so so primarily driving on the hill in a, in a very rare rs1700t uh, so one of i think about five left in the in the world obviously the rs1700t was the the car that borum had in mind to to replace the all conquering rs1800 but then uh, audi came along with four-wheel drive and the rs1700t was uh, was sort of consigned to history so uh, the engine survived out of it for the rs200 project but um, otherwise they were all shipped off to south africa and uh, rallied away out there and like i said very few survived so so driving that one on the hill i uh, did a quick shakedown with that yesterday uh, and then actually on the on the rally stage with probably a couple of different cars um but uh, one of which will be uh, one of the original Fiat 131s. We see quite a lot of the RSD cars now being very successful in historic rallying, but driving a, an original um, 131 of Bath in Alitalia colours that was originally driven by Marco Olen. Luke, what are you doing this weekend? Nothing is anywhere near as interesting no, as that. No, no, neither am I. <laughs> I, just thought I. I just wanted to offer a little bit of contrast there to what to, to, to Ryan Champions World and yours and mine. Um, but anyway, there you go. There you go. Um, Luke, you, you're not down at Goodwood this week, are you, Luke? I'm not. No, there is. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do a little bit of sort of promo here. Apologies in advance, but there is a big Dirtfish presence there at the top of the rally stage. There'll be a studio. David Evans, Colin Clark will be there presenting all sorts of stuff, including Safari coverage. But my job is to cover Safari from home. So yeah, everybody else having fun out in the sun, um, well, hopefully in the sunshine, and I'll be at home in a little flat in Edinburgh on a laptop. But, you know, okay. you, you, you win some, you lose some. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, Ryan Champion, um, we, as I say, we, we talked to Jeff Mayers a little bit later on with regards to Safari. Just just mulling over, I suppose, what, what Jeff was saying to us in that particular piece, which the, everyone's going to hear a bit later on. Um, have you had any more thoughts with regards to um, with regards to possible winners and losers, dare I say, on Safari? Uh 
Well, it, you know, like Jeff touched on it in the, in his piece, and uh, it it was interesting last year, wasn't it, the way it played out? And and if if there's a bit of unpredictability in, in weather, that could uh, certainly shake things up. But uh, um, I, you know, I think based on what we've seen so far this year and based on their their background i think toyota will be will be very strong i think the cars will be um arguably the the ones to beat um obviously we'd all love to see m sport back up there at the front as well but i, I think toyota will be difficult to to beat this weekend um we saw when Auger stepped back in the car last time around that it, it wasn't that easy to step straight back into a, a sprint rally. But I think coming back to something like Safari may well suit him a little bit better. So um, yeah, I think I think uh, I'm I'm going to go with the sensible head and uh, and say that Auger might actually, as a part time, come back and uh, and win this one. But you know, you look at the the form that. Kelly Rovenpair is on. I mean, he had a dreadful rally last year. He got stuck in the, the fesh fesh very early on. And I think, you know, we look at how he progresses in his career, how he learns. And uh, I, I think he'll be up there fighting for the victory as well. What did he get stuck in? Like fesh fesh sand. Fesh fesh. Yeah. Very soft, very soft, thin sand. And Genuinely, stuck I have never, ever, ever, ever heard that term before. Have you not? No. Have you heard that, Luke? I have because I was watching last year, Tony. You might have exposed yourself there a little bit, and 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 it, it probably tells you that you didn't listen to Jeff and his interview the other day. <laughs> <laughs> I've not, I've not Thanks, heard mate. this piece yet. Thanks, <laughs> mate. I just, <laughs> I just genuinely have just been thrown under the bus by the pair here in one fell swoop. Um, I did watch the coverage, <laughs> and I actually watched the, the magazine program the other night leading up to it. So I, I, maybe I maybe I just heard it as fresh sand as opposed to fresh fresh sand. Yeah, fresh fresh is is so. Something that I mean, it is quite common in, uh, in in the off-road events as well, in the the Dakar type events. It's just when it when it's very very sort of fine sand and, and the cars actually drop through it. It's so dry the cars just drop into it rather than it having any sort of any foundation to it, if you like. So um, it, it really sucks sucks the car in. Oh dear, that's not good. Hey, that happened to me. <laughs> Are we, do we talk about what happened to me in Kielder a lot? Do we? <laughs> You mentioned it. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you mentioned it there. Do you know what? Right, I I I don't know if you saw what Rally's idea, and we're going completely off. But I have to issue an apology to the general public. Um, what happened? Um, so uh, yes, I got I got I got I got basically sucked in, uh, or sucked off into a bog, not in a good way, in Keel the Forest, and um, no damage to the car. We managed to get the car recovered, but. Um, because we had a hot stop, it had boiled all the water. We put a bit of water in, got us out of the stage, and then it started boiling up again. Uh, subsequently, we found out we've, we've cracked the head. Different conversation. Um, but we ran out of water um, about six miles outside of Hexham. So we filled the cax tank with my um, with uh, my water water container. What's it called? Camel sack off the back of the seat. That was the last thing we had. And then I needed a wee. So, um, I proceeded to, to, to actually wee into the cax tank at the side of the road as people were going past just to make sure we had enough water in um, to drive back. You do know people are listening to this podcast, Tony, don't you? Yeah, I do. I do. It's all right. I'm just holding my hands up. That's all. I just there's, um... there's a few people who were just <laughs> eating lunch and, and they didn't expect to hear that. No, they didn't. They didn't. But... Um, <laughs> Somebody, one of my, one of our lads who works with us said, um, made a really, really trite joke with regards to going off. Did it really boil your piss? Um, and quite literally it did, as it turned out in the end. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I apologize, um, to, to everybody, um, 
you, you have to see that. But anyway, we get sidetracked. Um, yeah, thanks, Luke. I knew you weren't going to mention it. So uh, uh, I'll tell, tell, tell you what, though, that story there is exactly why, and this might sound a bit weird, but it's exactly why I love rallying. Like, you would not get that anywhere else where that's <laughs> almost acceptable. <laughs> Somehow that works. Yeah, but thanks, Luke. It, it is. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure it was acceptable for the people who had to witness it. No. No, no. There, there is that. There is, there is a mental image that I'm trying to block right now. And it, it, I just told I myself not to think about I, it. I have to say, I did have to go on tiptoes before anybody thinks I'm bragging as well, just to be clear. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> back to the case in point, uh, back to Safari Rally. Hey, right, you've probably not seen this. So just, just, just following on from what you've just been saying, just looking at the shakedown times at the moment, Cali Rovampera, uh, and Thierry Neuville and, uh, Oitanak all split by pretty much a second, give or take. Um, and then, uh, and, and Sebastian Loeb as well, fully enough. Uh, and then it kind of, there's like a second and a half difference then, fastest time, um, down to Ogier, Takamoto, Katsuta, Gus Greensmith, and Elvin Evans. Um, poor old Elvin just needs a solid result, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would say he'll, he'll take any, any podium, solid podium position at, at this point. I mean, obviously from a championship point of view, he'll want to aim at uh, winning the rally to, uh, you know, try and get anywhere near the championship race. But I, I think you're right. You know, he'll want a run of solid results that he can build on. So I'm sure you would look at a, a podium before the event as a, as a solid run this weekend. And, uh, you know, it's, yes, we know it's not uh, a long distance safari, but from, what we saw last year, it'll still be a very tough rally and there'll still be a lot of retirements. So um, I think uh, been there at the end of this one is still going to count. Mm. Luke, um, uh, poor old Elvin just feels like he just can't buy any luck at the moment. And, and you just think that a time like, you know, it's, listen, it's only shakedown, but, you know, kind of four seconds down on your teammate over a short shakedown stage is it, on one hand, it's surprising, but on the other, it, it's not for me. I just think, I just think he's got to finish. Yeah, he, he's in a very unenviable position, both sort of literally and sort of mentally as well, because it really won't help that it's his teammate that's, that's doing all the winning at the minute, because that's obviously, as everybody knows in motorsport, that's your, your first point of reference. But as Ryan said, I, I think all Elvin really needs to do is just ign- almost ignore everything around him and just get himself to the end of the rally with some competitive speed. And to be fair, he, he has been doing that. Most of the time, he's just not had, as you said, Tony, the luck to go with it. But it's it's a, it's a funny thing. For me, he almost needs to have the season over already. I think we all kind of know, even he will know deep down, that winning the championship this year would, would take some fairly extraordinary circumstances. He's never going to give up on it. You can't ever give up on it. But almost if he was mathematically ruled out, I think he would almost drive better because he could just do nothing else but focus on himself. And he is very... He is very good at not getting too drawn into championship situations. At least that's what he tells everyone. And I, I do believe it, but I think it's it's just an interesting one. As you say, I, I think he needs to rally this weekend where he just has no problems, essentially. But in all fairness, on the safari, if that happens, that, that could easily be a win. Well, uh, one thing that did come out when I was watching um, the, 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 the package leading up, you know, the WRC package that goes out, was, was talking about, um, obviously, the rain that came down last year, these massive blobs of rain where people were going in and out of, of, of kind of rain clouds, Luke. And one thing that Jeff does allude to, and we don't want to ruin it too much because there's only a short piece with Jeff, is that the clouds are gathering this weekend. Um over where the stages are going to be. Um, so, like you say, completely and utterly different event when that happens. 
yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see the, the effect if it does come in. But I think that from what I've heard and we so far from Brecky and everything else, it's that even without any weather, the, the roads this year are looking a little bit more difficult than last year. There have been, I think, basically every single stage has had some kind of edit to it, whether it's like a, a massive new section or just a tiny bit of a reroute. Um, I think there's maybe two brand new stages. So there are different things to catch up in the route itself. But as you say, as we saw last year, I think it was on the, the Sleeping Warrior stage when the rain came down. It, it just it completely transformed everything. It's not like rain would get in Europe. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's difficult, I think, is the best way to put it. Absolutely. I don't think either of you two, as much as you might have, and Ryan obviously has his experience in, in events like Safari, I don't think what well, he can tell us. I don't think... They're the conditions anybody really wants to drive in. I think you just deal with it. <laughs> Nobody's really enjoying it at that stage. Yeah, right. Have, have you have, have you had the torrential rain over there on Safari? Yeah, absolutely. And and it really depends on on how badly you get caught out because the the showers can be incredibly heavy, but also incredibly localized. So, you know, it literally can be that um, that you can get a clear stage, and then and then within five or six minutes, somebody gets the the torrential rain. And it, it also depends on 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 where you are, what sort of conditions as well, because you get this black cotton in in that area of uh, of Africa, which is is like it looks like very dark sand. But once it gets wet, it becomes incredibly slippery, and that's what we saw last year on on the uh, the WRC safari. That um, the you know it's it's not a consistent surface when it's wet. You can get areas where the grip's actually okay, and then other areas where it's, it's literally almost like ice. So, it, like I said, very heavy showers, very localized. Um, the the muddy sections can also form quite quickly. So. Uh, if it does rain, it will really, uh, you know, it will really shake things up, and it, and it it could be that the conditions are very inconsistent depending on your road position. Okay, you're going to go for Sebastian Ogier uh, as as your winner, Luke. Before we go to a little break, and Ryan leaves us to go and drive um, board and rally cars. Are you going to have a? Where, where would you put your cheeky fiber this weekend? I, I was asked to do this to work actually, so I better stick to my guns and what I said, otherwise I'll get called all sorts. So I went for OGA and I think just just everything everything we've sort of touched on already, he, he has the right head for this sort of rally, doesn't he? It is very hard to look past him, but genuinely I think it's one of those events where pretty much every single person could sort of have a claim to say they could win the rally. And that's that's how mental it is. But I, I will stick with OGA. I'm gonna go lobe. Boom. Put them on the table, go and lobe. Go and lobe. And, and the reason why I'm going lobe is because of some of the things that get said a bit later on with, with the Jeff Mayer's piece. Anyway, um, Ryan Champion, this is where you're allowed to step down because we can hear that you, you, you're literally chomping at the bit because we can hear you moving around. You desperately want to go and drive some rally cars. So we're going to let you go at this point. OK, thank you very much. And uh, have a safe weekend. We will catch you with you next week, of course, uh, after Goodwood and after Safari. And uh, folks, we're going to go to a little break and then Luke and I are going to talk all things Donegal. Hi, this is John Desborough, the WRC commentator, sometimes co-host of this fabulous podcast and author of the WRC thriller Breaking Point and its sequel, Heat Soak. And that's why I'm here. That sequel thriller is available on eBay and now at a new reduced price. Gotta love a bargain. Keep on listening, and if you can't find Heat Soak on the web, reach me with a direct message on Facebook. Enjoy. Welcome back to the next bit of, of Absolute Rally. Obviously, we've, we've let Ryan go and have such a terrible time. It just sounds horrendous, doesn't it, Luke? 
It does. I, I really hope he's he's really going to find a way to enjoy it. It'll be tough. It'll be tough, but I'm sure there'll be something in there for him. Something in there that he can find a silver lining from. I, don't maybe. Know how, I really don't know how he does it. Oh, you know, thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers to Ryan Champion <laughs> at the moment. Maybe we should start one of those kind of, you know, we are the world. We are the... Maybe we need to start some kind of um, GoFundMe page just, just, just to... to just, just get Ryan a bit of happiness this weekend. Yeah, I'm sure he'd receive all five pence if he did that. To I'm be sure, fair, yeah, I think I don't think you're far. I don't think you're far off there. Don't think you're far off. <laughs> hey, listen. Speaking of happiness and weekends, we we talked about it at the top. Um, Donny Gall, you had your first taste of Donny Gall, young man, and I was I very, did. very envious um, because it was a. I'm going to get into trouble. It was a proper rally, and the reason why I say it was a proper rally, it was three days of just. Uh, various people going absolutely kind of hammering tongue, I think is the best way of putting it. And you were there to witness it firsthand. Yeah. And it's, to be honest, I don't actually think it's quite sunk in yet that I've, I've done it. Do you know when you, you build it up and you sort of go and it was great, but then you kind of back and you're back to them out and you think, actually, I went to Donegal. And it's something I've always wanted to do, but I've always had an excuse not to. There's always been like a reason or there's something on or now nah, I'll go next year sort of thing. But this year I think, and I, I don't know why I, Maybe it's the, the effect of the last couple of years and everything that's happened. Maybe it's the fact that it was 50 years. I, I don't know. But I just thought, no, this year I'm going. And I basically just made sure that was the first thing I had booked for the calendar this year was, was Donegal. And I do not regret it one bit at all. Yeah. Now, do you know what? As I say, it, 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 it had all the things. And I think probably because we did a bit of a preview last week with Killian and obviously Shrev as well. Um, the, you know, from a, from a competitor point of view, I don't do a lot of tarmac. Um, really, only, only when I've done British Championship and stuff in the past, I've done tarmac or at least part of a season. Normally, I do gravel. And Donny Gall, I think, is one of those ones that it's just a tick box. I, I think I used this term last week. You know, it, it it could stand on its own two feet. It's almost the way you know. I was talking. I was kind of comparing it the other week to the Alaman TT. In some ways, you know, it's it stands on its own two feet. And Donny Gall is definitely one of those events. Yeah, it's almost like a championship itself and I remember I spoke to, to Josh Moffat who obviously ultimately won the rally at the weekend and beforehand he, he's had a pretty handy season I think of his nine events for Donegal or something he'd won seven of them and second of the other two but that put him in quite a good situation championship wise and I said to him I was like well is what means more almost Donegal the championship but he actually had to think about it and he hadn't won the rally before obviously and he has won an Irish Tarmac title but Ultimately, I think this year you'll get both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it is, it's, as you say, it's one of those blue ribbon things. It's just a name. You say Donegal, and everybody that knows anything about rallying just knows what it is. And I, I don't know. Have you been over before, Tony? No, I haven't. The only the only Irish events I've done is Ulster. Uh, I've done Ulster a few times. Um, and, it, you know, I think Close Road feels special on the island. Uh, north or South. I think they get it better than what happens, you know, in the mainland, shall we say. Um, they just seems to embrace it. Again, I used the, the TT as another example, and I realise we're a pod- rally podcast, we're not a bike podcast, but um, it just seems to be embraced by everybody. The locals, you know, you buy the programme in the local shop or the local petrol station. There just seems to be everybody's all in. There's nobody putting any resistance up here. Yeah, but I was going to say I've not been to a rally that's been like that, but I went to Barbados, which was actually. <laughs> but in in UK and Ireland, I've not been to a rally in a while that felt that ready for the rally, if you know what I mean by that. Like, you come into the town and it was just 
That, when did I arrive? I arrived on Thursday. So obviously that's the night before the event starts. So I suspect there was plenty more preamble before that. But just everything about it, like the traffic was insane for one thing. <laughs> you had to really plan your journeys to get around. Letter Kenny was, was just bouncing the people. All the local sort of car culture around. Everybody was around doing their modified cars and stuff. Which say what you like about it, but it was quite nice to, to see it. You could tell that people were here for, for an event. And I think that probably is the best way to put it. It isn't just a rally. It was just a massive event. And I genuinely think that even if you weren't that bothered about what's happening on the stages, you could still enjoy it. There's enough there and there's enough to entertain you to to make it special. And going up Nokawa, I'll say that, my word. I, I, I honestly cannot think of a, a better spectating experience I've had than standing up on those hairpins. It was special. It's... There's something, as I say, um, that makes you want to go and do it. And from a from a competitive point of view, and what I mean is by that is somebody who goes rallying and albeit, you know, club rallying and stuff like that. You always want to go and have a go, you know, and, and you want to try and get the best result you can get. But there's, there's certain events where you go, I'd like to just go and do it. And that's what when, when, I, when I look at it, I kind of look at it now and go, this is a tick box exercise for me. I, I, I want to go and do it. And as you say, when you start mentioning Nokella and all those stage names, it makes me want to go and explore. It makes me want to go and, you know, go, go on YouTube and, and, and find some of the old footage. And, you know, and, and, you know, that's kind of, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, Luke, but there used to be a time where RPM and, you know, the, I suppose there's a conversation piece to be had here with regards to there was no TV coverage. I know what, what your take was. Um, from that and whether it's something you can speak about but you know my kind of early years were were, were kind of getting the rpm coverage and stuff of, of events like this uh and and, and donny gall and, and, and you're remembering the, the iconic liveries of uh i'm thinking of uh andrew nesbitt and, and you know obviously eugene donnelly and all these guys you know all these kind of heroes these kind of um normal looking blokes i think is the best way of putting it <laughs> who just yeah. seem to be, you know, because now rally drivers, you know, they're, they're, they're athletes, but, and, and I'm sure there was athletes back then as well, but they were the most normal looking blokes to me in the world. And, you know, they were driving these world rally cars on these famous stages and, and everything else. And it just made, it just kind of made it normal. Um, and I guess that's the other thing as well about, about those roads as well. We, you know, like any closed road rally, they are just normal roads that get, get closed and you know they've got so much history and the amount of names that have drove over those stages over the years you know to kind of follow in their footsteps is just again you can tell i don't i haven't even got a point here luke as you probably get i'm just <laughs> genuinely just spooling this stuff out because i'm just I, I was so taken by you know from what i could see um, really, I suppose. And, and uh, again, yeah. if we, if we can just briefly just talk about, did you, uh, did you hear anything? What happened with regards to t- TV coverage on this? I saw something that was essentially from one of the providers of there that said they weren't needed. I don't, honestly don't know much more than that. So okay. I'll be careful what I say here in, case, in yeah. case I get the wrong end of the stick. But yeah, it, certainly just on that point, I guess it is because I, I was, you mentioned, I was a little bit younger than you. Um, but I would watch, and it wasn't so much RPM I would get hold of, to be fair. it was always the British chapter I would see, but the way I would consume a rally was always with the TV coverage. That was just how it was in sort of the early 2000s, sort of, I'm thinking. Um, I can put a complete segue, and I'm getting a bit like you now, Tony, just getting mashed with thoughts, but I found it really exciting to go into a local shop and find some Cuisine de France bakery stuff, and I immediately just thought of loads of Subaru impressive <laughs> when I saw that. 
which is the, the power of Lovelace, isn't it? But it was, it was quite special. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I don't know, there's enough on social media these days, like the stuff that On The Pace Note were doing over the weekend is just magic. Like, and I had, I didn't actually get to, the chance to catch up with Killian, but I met Andy Walsh for the first time, and my word, that man's passion for rallying is, is unrivaled. Um, and you can see it in the videos, but it's nice to see that he's like that off camera as well. He was just a good bloke, which is the same as everybody over there, to be fair. Everybody was incredibly welcoming. I'm going to do another shout out to, I know he's been on the, the pod in the past, Adam Hall from Rally Insight. He was yep. basically my rally planner and <laughs> told me where I, where I needed to go. I mean, his mate Roger got me to places where I needed to be and stuff as well. So everybody just wanted to help me out, which was nice. So it, it, it was great to feel welcomed, I guess, from everybody as well. As a, I, would, I don't want to say I was a foreign visitor, but I came from the mainland over to Ireland. And they, they did like, seem like they were quite happy to have me there, which was good. Yeah. No, I, well, you know, you, 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 you're, quite, you're quite a cuddly bloke, Luke. Let's just say, it. you know, you, you, you're never really going to offend anybody, are you? You, 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 you fall into that category. You, you, you're just a nice guy, Luke, and that's not that's you know, not I'll, such a bad I'll thing. Trust me, I will take that, Tony. You know, yeah. I, I've tried. I have tried over the years to not be too controversial, unless I have to be. <laughs> yeah. So no, I'll take that. Yeah, it's uh, it's it 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 it's a, it, it's it's something I would take. Not very often I get it, but I take it. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, we've, we're, we're actually all being well. Um, as we record this, we're going to finish the pod. We're going to catch up with Matt Edwards, who unfortunately obviously had this monumental accident um, after briefly leading the rally after him and Callum Divine had been absolutely just, um, I wouldn't say they weren't worlds apart from the rest of the pack, but the, clearly there was a definitive line between them two and and, and maybe the, you know the, even even Josh Moffat behind them. Yeah, it, it was it was special pace to be fair. And I think particularly from Caleb on stage one, I think he was from memory, and somebody will of course correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was like seven and a half seconds up on anyone on the first stage. And now, if you know Donegal, it's a 300k rally, but it's a 300k sprint. Nobody beds themselves into this one because you can't. You simply can't because you get left behind. And he found seven and a half seconds, which is just. Crazy, really. I, I think essentially he just taken, he gambled with the risk. He just sent it and it paid off. I think others are a bit more cautious. But for Matt to be in that race, I think was was impressive. And we know obviously three consecutive British championships do speak for themselves for from a driving perspective. But he hadn't ever been to the rally, hadn't ever driven the car, hadn't ever competed with Dave Moynihan. I don't think he'd done a four wheel drive rally in maybe seven months or something, potentially even longer. So it was it was impressive for him to be there because as you say these lads Josh Moffat Alistair Fisher they're not slouches these are world class drivers they, they know these roads incredibly and and Matt was the one that was able to sort of bust the myth almost of the, the fact you can't go over to Donegal for your first time and be competitive and he was I think it's just a shame that obviously first Callum and then Matt <laughs> in a rather more sort of hurtful way I guess it was quite a nasty impact probably more nasty than people realised at the time but it was it was a great race and I don't want to take anything away from, from Josh Moffat because you have to to win a rally like that, you have to get to the end and he did that and it was an impressive push on Sunday. But the Callum and Matt battle was, was brilliant, it really was. Um it, it sort of went each both ways and I guess the thing thing for me, speaking from a, a journalistic perspective you now, I sort of had ideas in my head because you have to pre plan sort of feature ideas and stuff. I was thinking, oh if, if Callum wins it's quite a nice story. He's he's really getting his career back on track after his years at ERC. How's it helping with Ireland? If Matt wins it's the fact he's come here and he's won the rally. And then on Sunday morning both my ideas went out the window. Yeah. Especially <laughs> so plans of mice and men. 
Exactly. So I thought, this is why you don't plan. In rally, anything, <laughs> anything can happen. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was a special race. It really was. And all across the field, to be fair. But the, the Divine Edwards battle, I think, will be looked upon in years to come as a bit of a classic. Are we getting are we getting back somewhere now? Um, because you know you and I alluded to it before. To, you know, to, to me, the, the, the Irish Tarmac series there was something really really special about it, and you know it's a bit of a bucket list thing for me when I can kind of find the time is actually go out and watch some rallies, and I want to go and to see some, some some Irish Tarmac rounds. To be honest with you, there's people I need to go and see, and I'm constantly invited, and it's just. Well, the, you know, life gets in the way, and I want to try and take in some more rallies again as a fan, as opposed to, <clears throat> excuse me, working on either behind the scenes or doing events myself. It'll be quite nice to just go as a fan. And um, obviously, coming out of COVID, there was there was lots of concerns about what we were going to get across the board with rallying, and there's some big concerns of what's going on, obviously, with forest rallying here in the UK, and, and that, 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 that we could go on and on about that, but. Um, you were in Donegal, and I know Donegal's special, but looking at the, the guys who are now rocking up to do the Irish Tarmac series, are we heading for a golden period? Well, it's, it's, it's a big claim, but quite possibly, yeah. And I, I think what's nice this year, and I, and I guess maybe the proof is, is in the pudding in 2020, yeah, 2023, this year's 2022. <laughs> yeah. I had a moment to myself there, but Obviously, we saw it with the British Championship last year, how there was a massive entry where there was essentially the restart of rally. Now, obviously, the ITRC hadn't run before uh, since 2019, before this year. Now, I'm not suggesting that's why they've got a good number of rallies or rally drivers in there, sorry, because I suspect they would have that anyway. But it is, I think, that pent-up sort of just waiting for it to come back has made this year feel quite special. Because the championship race now, if we're honest, is a little bit of a foregone conclusion. But even now, I'm still excited to Corp 20. I still want to know what's happening. And if that was other series, you might kind of give up on it. But there is there is something special about Ireland. And it's kind of hard to put your finger on it a little bit. For me, I've got memories of watching the lads come over here and the Jim Clark and stuff, because that was my, my local rally as a, as a child. So names like Nesbitt, Eamon Bollard, McGarity, Donnelly, you've mentioned them already, but they were always like my heroes growing up because I would watch them myself. But I would never know, like Ireland remained this sort of like bit of mystique for me. It was like, oh, what do they actually do when they go back home? <laughs> get to see it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's, it's, it's difficult to quantify at the minute. If, if you're living in a period, it's hard to know how good it is. But the rallies are certainly there. The quality of the cars... And I know there's the VW is potentially maybe the class of the field at the minute, but all our five cars now are relatively even. That creates a good race. There's, there's a nice variety of cars over there. The drivers driving them are, are right, getting absolutely everything out of them. So, yeah, I, I think it's possibly it's fair to say that we're in, a, in our own time. I think they can be very happy with where they're at. It is encouraging for the future. Happy days. Listen, Luke, um, thank you so much for joining us at the top of the pod this week. It's been a pleasure to have you as ever um we, we we mentioned about matt uh as i say matt is going to be joining us we've got jeff mayers coming up very very shortly um just to kind of give us a little bit more uh, about the preview from safari before the driver's briefing that happened yesterday um as we record this which would have been tuesday so um uh, we're going to go to a break we're going to have jeff and then i'm going to finish off with matt who's going to tell us how he is uh and, and and tell us a little bit more i suppose about what happened so luke we will catch up soon okay my friend Thank you very much, Tony. Pleasure as always. Folks, we'll be back after this break. This is Absolute Rally. Quarter, mid-lift crest, 86 right, minus, tightens over jump, opens over 50, sharp left, tightens, 5-6 on left crest, over 70, 5 right. Ireland's 
leading commercial note supplier Killian Duffy has joined forces with 2016 British Rally Champion Craig Parry to form On The Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website onthepacenote.co.uk. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. Obviously, we've got Safari Fever. Um, it would be a miss of us if we didn't. Not literally, but we are absolutely... Uh, quite excited, I think it's fair to say. We've seen the, all the cars starting to arrive now. Things are starting to happen. And who better, not only to have our own rank champion, but also to have our man on the ground over on Safari as ever. Jeff Mayers, welcome back to Absolute Rally. Thanks, Jeff. It's good, to, it's good to have you back. We've got Ryan Champion down getting ready for Goodwood. Um, so the engine revving is not on purpose. It is purely <laughs> by the fact that Ryan is working down at Goodwood. So, uh, right, we're, we're conscious of time and how long we've got Jeff for, but I thought having you with your safari experience, just to kind of grill Jeff a little bit, I suppose, on what, what, what's coming this year, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Jeff, obviously, when I was there uh, earlier in the year, you took me around some of the WRC stages from, from last year, and we saw a lot of unpredictability in the stages. Um, are we going to see more of the same this year? That's the first question. So, more of the same, we're going to see more unpredictability even than last year. Um, if you can recall, when you were here in February, uh, we hadn't had much rain. Uh, we were expecting our long rains to come in March, April, and early May. They haven't really come. We've only had about two weeks of rain in the whole Naivasha region so far. Um, so everything is actually a lot drier than last year. And as I'm sure everyone remembers, uh, we're in the Great Rift Valley, so lots of volcanic soil. Everything is really, really fragile here. Uh, I've just come back from my second day of recce. And even after recce, we are seeing a lot more fresh fish and rut developing than we did even this time last year. So it's going to be interesting. There's dark black rain clouds above me. Uh, so if we if we can get a rainstorm coming this weekend, that could turn everything upside down. Yeah, I mean, we saw a little bit of, of rain falling last year, but it, it didn't really affect the uh, the route too much. It just made one stage, I seem to remember, very slippery in particular. But uh, do you think there's a chance of uh, more stages being weather affected then this year? Uh I personally hope so, yes. Uh, you know, it's not a sorry rally without a bit of everything. Um, yeah, the, the weather forecast does show that on Thursday night, the the area immediately around my Vasha, which is where Friday's stages are going to be, should get uh, a little bit of precipitation overnight. And the first stage goes live at 8 a.m. So I think for the morning passes, um, it should be quite damp. Uh, and then it'll dry up really quickly. But for Saturday, we are we're expecting two nights of rainfall um, between now and and when the cars get down there. So it should be interesting. And in terms of the route itself, how does it compare to uh, last year's event? So so we've taken the good from last year and we've ditched the bad. Um, you know, none of us really had any experience even of last year's cars. So uh, it was a real eye opener to see. See how they, they affected certain, certain areas of the stages and places where we expected the ground to crumble didn't and places where we didn't expect the ground to crumble absolutely disintegrated under, under the competitors. So I think the organizers have done a hell of a good job. Uh, some areas they've, they've built up the roads and they've compacted it and they've tried to reduce the degradation. Um, they've changed a few of the stages so that the profile is a bit more favorable. Um, but, Overall, the, the spray rally essence and, and what we saw last year is, is still here. It's very strong. 
Um, and, and yeah, I, th- I think it's still going to be an enormous challenge. Jeff, if I can jump in before we let you go, because we realise as we record this, it's driver's briefing that's about to happen very, very shortly. I just want to ask you, just with regards to the entry um, and, and with regards to the cars that come up, seems to be a lot more um, a lot more Rally 2 guys coming over this time round. Uh, well, certainly it, it, on, on, on paper it doesn't. And I mean, kind of more established, I suppose, WRC2 guys. Has there been a conscious effort to try and in, encourage, you know, not necessarily the Rally 1 guys? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, the Safari Rally have been sending a team out to every single rally this year. Uh, also, obviously, being an EV, you know, this is the beginning of the EV generation. We've been wanting to learn as much as possible. But it's also been a big marketing strategy from Kenya to encourage more of these WRC2 drivers to come out. It's, it's more preferable for our local competitors because they can compete head-to-head against some of these Top guys from overseas. Sadly, the likes of Andreas Mickelson and Chris Ingram aren't here. But we do have a strong WRC2 contingent. Um, last year, we didn't get that many apart from Prokop because of COVID. Um, this year, it, it's not so bad. But, you know, I do hope that for next year, we're going to get an even bigger, stronger contingent. Fantastic. Listen, uh, I'm conscious of time for you, Jeff. Um, I, I'm going to ask you one question, one question only to finish. Who's going to win? <laughs> I think it's going to be Seb or Seb. Um, I, I know it's brave, but Seb Loeb has, has his, his off-roading experience, which I, I think will really come to the fore. Um, OJ, he did it last year. Uh, he's starting further back this year, and I don't believe road position will help him. Um, but, you know, he's a wily old fox. They both are. I, I think it's going to be one of those two. Okay, okay. Jeff, listen, we're really, really aware that you are about to walk into the driver's briefing, so we're not going to keep you. Thank you, and we will catch up after the event with you, okay? All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy Goodwood, Ryan, and see you guys soon. Thanks, guys. Folks, we'll be back after this break. Hi, everyone. This is John Desborough, commentator and presenter on the World Rally Championship. I'm hoping you've seen my debut novel, Breaking Point. If you haven't, check it out on eBay. It's a roller coaster ride of deceit and blackmail from a golden age of the WRC. And like a good rally, it starts fast and gets faster. Breaking Point by me, John Desborough, on eBay now for $7.99. Welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. Thanks to Luke Barry joining us at the top. Obviously, we were talking uh, all things Donny Gould and, and one name that did come up and one name that uh, I wanted to reach out to. In fact, we were going to speak before the event, but he was under that much pressure leading up to the event. We didn't quite get to speak to him. Uh, it was Matt Edwards. Matt, um, you're joining us now. Um, I'd be surprised if anybody doesn't know what happened at the weekend uh, now, to be honest with you. Um, but first and foremost, how are we right now? Um, we're all right. Yeah. Uh, probably about as good as can be expected, if not maybe better than could be expected, having just seen the in car. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not ideal, but we live to fight another day as such. Yeah. I suppose, you know, uh, listen, I, I don't enjoy talking. I don't do accidents. I don't, I don't, I don't like them. They don't sit comfortable. I don't like seeing them. It's it, 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 it's not something that I kind of take any uh, joy about talking about. Um, to be honest, I'd, I'd like to kind of talk about the, 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 the more positive aspect, as far as I'm concerned, was the fact that, yeah. as I say, leading up to the event, we we you know obviously we know each other and we we had a couple of messages back and forth. We didn't quite nail anything down like this to, to speak to one another. You know, 
I didn't get to say it before the event. I thought it was such a big ask um, for you to go and do this event. And I know that you had expectations to, to, to be at the front and, you know, secretly, uh, not secretly, but it's just that we hadn't spoke deep down. I, th- I thought, you know, the, the, the pressure of being in a new car, a car that not everybody's had working. I think it's fair to say it's not like jumping in a Polo at the moment or, or, or indeed a Fiesta and oh, indeed to some degree the Hyundai, you know, it's the Citroen, which has been, you know, at its own idiosyncrasies that some people have managed to tame and, and, and most haven't. So when you, when I seen you'd made the switch to that, I kind of went, oh, hell my, you, you're not making this easy for yourself, are you? Um, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. So I suppose talk about because at one point you were going to be in a Polo, then you were going to be in a, you, and and then you you ended up in the Citroen. What 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 was that journey all about? Because that happened quite quickly. Yeah, that, that happened overnight, really. Um, unfortunately, um, the things we had in place with the Polo um, unraveled fairly quickly, which was no fault of anybody. It just you know one of those things with the deal that we were trying to put together didn't wasn't going to work. Um, and we already had so much of the events sort of logistics in place that you know we were going to lose quite significantly if we didn't go so Dave Moynan made a few more calls and um, pretty much overnight I was was away working in Barbados and next time I woke up he's obviously five hours ahead he'd sorted out uh, very provisionally at the time there was the, the option of the Citroen um, so rather than not go um, I said right well let, let's go in the Citroen and add another unknown quantity to the mix of already unknowns that we had so that was that was that really and we we just wanted to do the rally you know I wanted to get back out in a four wheel drive car Dave wanted to do Donegal and um, the two and two went together and we ended up going I- well, you know, realistically, you, you know, I I know you well enough. I I, I think I do to, to kind of say this. I know that when you go and do something, you you know, you you do it properly. Yeah. Um, you, you're incredibly thorough. Uh, and these are some of the things even even in later life I've learned from you. To be honest with you, just how how thorough you can be going rallying and the differences it makes. When you're so thorough in your preparation, and you then make a change like that. Uh, how does Matt deal with that, I suppose, is the question. Um, I think you've just got to get to a point where you're satisfied you've done as much as you can with okay. the time and opportunity that you've had to do it in. Whether that ends up being what you'd like in a perfect world is a different matter, but I did as much as I could in the time I had to be as best prepared. It ultimately isn't as as prepared as you'd, you'd like to be, but you've done as much, you've ticked as many boxes as you can. So obviously... Myself and Dave had been watching in car, and he'd been watching in car with me, and he knew he knew my notes very well before we'd started the recce. And you know, I'd, I'd watched as much in car as I could of Darren gas in the car and other people driving the Citroen as I could, as much in car of people on Donegal stages as I could. You know, Craig Breen very gratefully sent me his his in car from the year before, you know, last time it ran, and you know things like that. And then I was over to the rally as early as I could, sat in the car on the Sunday, um, did as much of the sort of seat geometry and stuff as I could while the engine still wasn't back in the car. Um, and then, you know, a little, little test, you know, made the most of it. We, we did, we think we only did 12 mile on the test. 
um, just did a few little things that we could and you know put as much time and effort into the recce as you can I've done as much work on my fitness as I could in, in Barbados from the way you know in the heat and all that to get sort of as prepared as I could just just things like that really and, and just really focusing and getting everybody involved up to speed on what what I want you know what I was aiming to do what I was looking to do what I was hoping for from the car and you know to be fair Johnny Cruz here behind the scenes worked really hard you know while we were out on stages making phone calls and you know trying to understand little bits that I was asking of the car that we hadn't quite unlocked and it was just an all-round team effort before, during, and in a lot of, a lot of, you know, to a great extent afterwards. There's already things going on to to sort of capitalise on the good that happened at the weekend, rather than focusing on the, the, the pile of crumpled metal he's got in his workshop at the moment. <laughs> did did, did the, the the pace, your own pace, surprise you? Um, yeah, I think. With the time out out of the car and the, all the new things going on at the weekend, yeah, it was it was a very nice surprise. Obviously, there was expectations and hopes that I would be at, at that sort of pace, but it was surprising to to be on that pace. But then you sort of make your own luck in a way. I think if if you you've put that time, effort, and maximised as much as you can, then you know if you believe that's the sort of pace you can be, then you should be there. So whether it's a surprise that all that added up to the pace that we had, you know, that's open for debate, I suppose. But, you know, Callum knows those stages very well. He's done the rally many times, a good amount of seat time this year. So he's obviously top of his game. And to be, you know, second fastest on the first three stages was, um, was a, you know, a big reward. And, a, you know, it settled me down at the end of the first stage, just knowing that, you know, what, what we'd done to that point was enough for second and that I didn't really need to push the limits any more than we already were to get faster and that hopefully the familiarity with the car, the co-driver and the nature of the roads would, would bring the pace up as the weekend went on and that's what it did really. So, uh, you know, we, 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 we kind of fast forward on. I was I was watching from afar and, 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 and you know, looking at the results coming in and, and, and everything else. Obviously, I was on an event myself, but I was in service and stuff. I was looking at what was going on over there. And um, I was I was, I was pleasantly surprised when I, when I seen um, what was going on. And I genuinely thought, you know, what a great story it would be for you to just settle in. And that was the top three as it was. Yeah. Then I seen Callum's little kind of video where obviously he'd gone off and then you were in the lead. Now, before you went into that last, your last stage, as it were, did you know you were already in the lead at that point, or did that all come later on? Yeah, I mean, we, we the hardest stage of the rally was actually the stage that Callum retired in for us, because it was the first major chicane of the of that stage, and we weren't, you know, definitely weren't expecting it. I mean, that first stage for him was probably going to go one way or the other. He was either going to take five or ten seconds out of us and get a jump on us or he was going to have some sort of incident you know that's the sort of nature of those situations in my experience you know um, so from that moment on it was a case of crikey wasn't really expecting that how do we manage this the other lads are fighting for Irish tarmac points behind so they're going to be on it I'm only probably 25 in the lead anyway 
and it was it took that stage to kind of process what had happened. And the road section after was like, right, we're going to put that we had two option ties in the back that we put on the front, knowing that Atlantic drivers drives. So we put them on, got them warm, and you know it was the road section after that we kind of settled down and focused on you know the, the new job in hand, if you like, which was managing the lead, which. Ultimately, was a more comfortable situation to be in than chasing for me. Of the last sort of two or three years, that's been, you know, more it's been more comfortable out front than chasing. So, uh, you know, once we we got to start of Atlantic Drive, um, I was like, right, okay, we know what to do here. Just commit to the notes, drive well, and you know, don't take any risks as such. We don't need to be taking all these blind crests and stuff flat out and taking anything, taking any risks, and you know, we'd, we'd be all right and. That, that sort of plan went well for about 15 seconds of that stage and that was the end of it. Yeah. So, I suppose we're out of the car now. Um, we've got to recover. What's the what's the plan for Matt moving forward? Because you, you were really, really quite, you know, you were working really hard to go and do the Irish Tarmac Series this year. Is, yeah. Is, what, what's this done for it? You know, aside from the accident, the accident's gone it's given we, 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 we you know as, yeah. as i said before i don't really like talking about stuff like that what's this done for you now um i i don't think it's done any harm i think not okay it's not perfect situation like financially and you know logistically for, for darren in the car and getting things sorted uh not ideal for me with work and being laid up for a bit but from a, a r- actual rallying perspective i think you know the the pace was great, and the, the the against the odds sort of side of it was was you know we overcame that again, um, and there was a lot of support, a lot of a lot of talking going on, and you know, there's been a lot of support and a lot of um, sort of suggestions and that you know coming from people since. So you know I'm hoping that it, it's going to give us a bit of leverage to go back and. You know, maybe getting a, in a you know a top flight car a bit more often, whether it's in Ireland or or somewhere else. But you know, I'd love to you know, I'd still love to develop the contacts we've generated over the last sort of couple of months, really trying to make that that project happen and see if it you know can develop into something a little bit more for for you know maybe another event end of the year or next year or or something else going forward. So I think in the grand scheme of things. As it stands now, it doesn't feel brilliant, but you know, when you look back at how the event unfolded for us and the, the, the talk on the event, I think it's hopefully done, you know, myself and, you know, Johnny Crozier himself is saying it's, it's been a long time since he's felt that buzz of being right at the front and, you know, working for a win and, and putting all the effort in behind the scenes that, that goes into it. So it's kind of relit re- his fire for, for it as well. So I think there's a lot more enthusiasm or a lot of enthusiasm that it's generated in a lot of people to to try and go again fantastic Matt uh, uh, listen mate get well soon and, and pass on our best to Dave as well um, yeah, yeah. Th- thanks for joining us and thanks for being as candid as ever um, <laughs> and we will catch you up very very soon folks that has been Absolute Rally for this week we'll be back same time same place in the podcast hole next week Absolute Rally Absolute Rally spread the word and download the podcast every week